the majority of people who need mental health care aren't receiving it, those who do receive any form of mental health care often aren't even getting the right type of care. So, you know, that, that's a very broken system. Welcome to Project Doing Good, the podcast where we highlight people doing good in their communities and help connect their projects with resources and organizations. I'm Nathan. And I'm Cameron. Leon Zeitz is the program officer at Cities Rise. He has been an active contributor to the philosophical underpinning of Cities Rise and leads international youth activities. Cities Rise is a global platform committed to transforming the state of mental health policy and practice in cities and beyond to meet the mental health needs of populations across the world. To achieve significant, measurable improvements in mental health, especially among young people, Cities Rise is scaling up proven methodologies and tools and harnessing the skills and energies of experts and communities. Their vision is a world in which cities enable young people to grow up, develop resilience, and lead productive lives through mainstreaming mental health across sectors. They have built three core initiatives to help cities and surrounding communities significantly improve the mental health of the maximum amount of people in the least amount of time. Local collective action, young people and youth leadership, and innovation and acceleration. To learn more, visit their website at cities-rise.org. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Lena is very passionate and competent about mental health. Cities Rise is an amazing organization, and he explains how they are solving mental health problems from a systems-level approach, and this should really change the way you think about mental health on a societal and global level. Hey, Lena, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, so tell us, what is Cities Rise, and what is it that you are all trying to accomplish there? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the, the ultimate challenge that Cities Rise is trying to come behind is the fact that there, the vast majority of people around the world with mental health problems are not getting any care or support that they need. Um, and the system that they interact with on a day-to-day, such as like the education and the transportation systems and stuff like that, aren't informed by how they could be supporting mental health rather than hurting it. Mm-hmm. And so collectively, like the state of the world is that there's a huge gap there. And the different pockets of exciting work that's going on, you know, from new innovations to, you know, really cool community arts projects, whatever it may be in different parts of the world, they're not all linked up to be able to say that we're all working towards a common vision and goal. And so the, the, the core role of Cities Rise is to create at a very global level a network of all the exciting work that's happening in a place that it's easy to access and different organizations to contribute to and for that work to actually come behind very local priorities with resources and toolkits and expertise from consultants and different things like that so that there's a more kind of a, a better feedback between what's happening globally and what's happening locally locally with mental health right. and that people don't work within their silos anymore so that even if I'm working on anxiety and somebody else is working on um, eating disorders, we know how our two seemingly separate projects are feeding into a bigger picture. And at present, it's all just been very haphazard in the mental health space. People do this there, people do that there. And we're now at a realization that we need to tackle the system. 
And if you don't look at it at a system level, then you're just going to keep creating these pockets of things, but the vast majority of people will still be left behind. And so rather than just like trying one model or, you know, figuring out one intervention and trying to scale it around the world, we're really trying to build like a powerful network that can support all the different types of ideas and, 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 and interventions that, that do work for people. And, and so at Cities Rise, we do have a very um, firm uh, stance around things being very evidence-based and proven, and, and we very much care about the data that exists. And so, you know, some of the um, achievements that we've been able to make happen, so we've been around for a year and a half, is that we've... Um, we formalized kind of coalitions in six cities around the world. So Seattle, San Francisco, um, Detroit, Nairobi, Kenya, Bogota, Colombia, Chennai, and Bangalore in India. And we've at, we've worked with these different locations to actually co-develop the strategy we now have. So it wasn't necessarily we in our team in New York like came up with a whole strategy for how to do this. We spent about a year of going and listening and learning to different people on the ground. We talked to all the relevant leaders in the field on what is most needed right now. And that's really what informed, you know, the development of uh, our programming. And, and so that process also got everybody on board with what we're doing. So we've been endorsed and have support from like all the major national level and global level mental health organizations to be able to, as we start really building out the work we do, we can quickly disseminate all the information we find to to very large networks of people. And so that was a huge achievement. Um, And then other things is that we've, been sourcing what are you know the 10 best interventions that every country in the world should have in place for young people's mental health what does every school need to have um, at a minimum that, that will be supportive of the student's mental health what can every family do what, what should every parent be trained that's kind of the level of thinking that we're looking at and so over the next few years we'll be you know putting out different sorts of reports declarations, like commitments to action that different groups around the world will be signing on to that, that, that align with these sorts of priorities. Um, mm. the, the other, the last thing I'll say, cause I know I'm just rambling on no, is, is that great. there's a, there's a collective shift happening in the mental health field from very focused, specialized services and institutions, um, so pretty much like this model of, you know, you go to a specialist for your mental health problem right. to to what we call a population health approach. So it's this recognition that mental health is like a societal issue. It's not necessarily it, – it does trickle down to the individual level. But we need to be looking at, you know, the mental health of the population. And we need to have systems in place that support the entire population's mental health. And that includes having specialists and different people to go to, but they're one piece of a much bigger puzzle. Currently, the system only targets that very one specialized group, and they even themselves aren't able to do what they want to do, largely because they don't have a broader system in place to support them. Right. And so with a population health approach, it's looking a lot at how do we prevent mental 
illnesses from becoming debilitating or so severe that they stop people from interacting with their community. And then also, you know, how can we promote mental health, like what we're talking about, um, to, to make sure that it's normal in society? How can it be a normal conversation? And so that, that's a very population level type of perspective. So like cutting around stigma, making it normal to talk about, having, you know, parents and teachers and different people trained in basic mental health knowledge and support. So that's, that's, a, that's actually a shift happening in the mental health field as a whole. Um, but it's taken a long time to get to that point. And there's a lot of resistance actually from a lot of professionals in the mental health space for taking that sort of strategy versus the very um, narrower um, look at very specialized institutional care. Right. Wow, that's amazing what you're doing. I I didn't know it was to that scale. And I think what you said about just having to look at everything from a systems level and that that's really what needs to change and that networking that you're doing to kind of bring all the together that's the future like that's what needs to happen in order for any like real lasting change and any real global change or even anything other than like a room full of people to change it would need to take that system level approach so that's really amazing yeah so that's the core focus and you know we've learned a lot about what it actually takes to do that over the last year and a half and you know it's slower and it's different and you have to get everybody on board before just running with like a single project um and so what we're really excited about is there's so much we're, we're experimenting and we're learning, but we have a lot of principles and values that we're trying to hold true to. For example, that we want to deal with systems rather than like an isolated thing. We, you know, uh, and so the work that we do, how we, how we measure if it's a value to us, this is based on it's like system changing impact, if that makes sense. Got it. And and that's an experiment because it hasn't necessarily been done in the mental health space. So what we've been and so we've been very fortunate to get support from donors and different people to experiment a bit and to be a little risk ready because it's based off of this recognition that the current way things were going was absolutely not okay and not working for the majority of people. And you know, the the data is very clear that you know the majority of people that go receive any form of mental health care are often not receiving the most currently evidence-based practice right. um, around the world. So even the majority of people who need mental health care aren't receiving it. Those who do receive any form of mental health care often aren't even getting the right type of care. So, you know, that, that's a very broken system that we really need to think about how to go about. Um, and, and a lot of it's actually understanding the problem better. We, you know, they, there's numbers that say that there's around 800,000 suicides per year. It's right. a WHO statistic. We know, like, very well that it's actually much more than that. The number's much higher. It's just that global reporting on suicide is extremely right. low. And many communities around the world, when someone commits suicide, don't tell anybody about it. And so it, you know, there, there's these things that we need to sort out because to actually know the extent of the problem, be able to start tracking how much we're changing it. 
So there's a le there's layers to it that we're trying to figure out as well. Like, you know, what, what's the right data that we need to be collecting to know that the work we're doing is actually making a difference? Because right. if you're not making your decisions based on data and you're not actually showing very tangible impact, you, you don't want to be wasting money. That, you know, that's the thing. So um, we're trying right now, we're in a process of talking to different groups like from Harvard University and King's College London about what is the right measurement framework that would lead to the right answers uh, to help us um, demonstrate that it really matters to do this type of approach. Because if we can demonstrate real changes from the systems level work, um, it will be really exciting not only for the mental health field, but it, it will be a good stamp at, you know, if you want to address other issues, you know, tackle the system. What you said about the majority of people even receiving mental health care aren't getting the, you know, most current up-to-date evidence-based approach. Mm -hmm. But I, it just keeps making me think about the just kind of the American medical model or the system that's in place right there. That seems like such a big thing to change. So can you tell us what your role is and your specific focus at Cities Rise? So, so my total focus and passion area is around young people. So a lot of what we've talked about so far is that you know, the, the designers and the people running the system right now don't have it figured out. Right. And they're in a position where they're creating a lot of new ideas and new practices, but they're actually not being informed by the people that are going to be receiving those services or practices in the long run, which is the younger generation today. And so there is a need to actually look to young people to start figuring out what the future is going to look like for mental health. And that is really my role in that when we're building new programs, how do we make sure that there's young people at the table, at the strategy session when we're first brainstorming? How do we make sure that they're informing how we evaluate the success of an initiative, even if it isn't serving young people themselves, you know? Right. But there needs to be young voices at the table at all times. So a lot of my work is actually focusing on what's the role of like young people's leadership in shaping this future that we that you and I have been talking about for the last hour because a lot of people want to involve young people in the work that they do but they don't know how to practically do it how do we tangibly and meaningfully involve a young person in our program and at cities rise what we've done is we've actually thought out and tried and now validated a lot of different ways in which you can in, incorporate youthful insights and ideas into the work you're doing and actually just make it commonplace that just like you're going to have an expert at the table, we always say you need to have like a younger person at the table um, to, to help make decisions. That's great. So, and, and also just along in terms of a population focus group, we don't have a sector specific thing, but at a population level, we are looking at the ages of 10 to 24, like adolescents as a critical time period. So 75% of all mental illnesses will start to arise during that time frame, in, in between the ages of 10 to 24. Wow. Um, for all people everywhere. Um, and most often, the average delay between the onset of an issue and the time that someone actually receives care is generally 10 years. So mm -hmm. if you think about, you know, you first, it sounds like that, that, that number may even yeah, fit with your story a bit. That's exactly how it happened with me. Yeah. It was like fifth grade. So I was probably 
12, yeah, something like that, 11, 12 when that started happening. And yeah, I didn't get really any care and even diagnosed or anything until I was 21 about, yeah. So almost yeah, a decade. <laughs> it doesn't always work out in conversation like that, but exactly. And so that needs to be dramatically closed, you know? So when the onset of a problem happens, people start getting care right away. And we know that if you can do that, it totally is going to reshape how problems with mental health and illnesses with mental health play out over the course of a lifetime. But when they go unaddressed for so long, they actually become very much deeper and the issues become more complex and the challenges that people face become more debilitating. And so, you know, that, that, that concept of like early action, taking services and approaches to the younger people at Cities Rise is like a very core part of our work because we leave, we believe that that's like uh, the the highest impact area to to really create a lot of change. Wow, I think that's amazing work that you're doing. So, what would you suggest for someone either having mental health problems, trying to help other people with mental health problems? What would your advice be, just to someone that wants to make a change in the mental health space? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, I, I mean, there's a few levels to it. So I think, say there's a person that wants to be able to be more informed and be able to help the people surrounding them. There is something called mental health first aid that is just like taking a first aid course for physical health, but it talks about like best practice and the first things you should do for mental health. And so if anybody's wanting to get, you know, a quick, it's a weekend course, they offer them all over the country, you know, go get your mental health first aid certification. That's a great way to be informed on what's current and how to be the first responder in a mental health situation. The second is that so often we we don't like to confront the fact that we know that somebody we love is struggling and we don't like to bring it up until it's too late. And so I would say to people that have an awareness of the people in their life that may be experiencing mental health problems to start having the conversation with them sooner than later because it's oftentimes that people wait for a crisis to then bring something up and we need to start being much more okay with like stepping up to the plate way earlier on. Um, and then lastly, at, at a global level, there the Lancet, which is one of the um, – most esteemed kind of medical journals yes. in 2007 and 2011 published two series on global mental health. And so they're called the Lancet series on global mental health. And those two sets of articles and research papers really synthesize like the current evidence base of where we're at today around the world in mental health. And I, if somebody, if people are interested, I, I really recommend reading those two series as a good segue into starting to ask more questions. Wow, that's those are some great resources. I didn't even know about the mental health first aid. I and I think people can, I'm sure, get the Lancet series it's like public yeah, knowledge it's a public right? thing online you can find it and then but mental health first aid probably also has resources all over the web yeah so a group called mental health america is one that uh does a lot of trainings but i know in most cities around the country there's mental health first aid courses happening okay amazing Leon, that's i really appreciate you coming on um and taking the time out of your day and explaining all that because yeah, I, I think you're doing some amazing work out there, man. Yeah, no, no, thank you so much. 
You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. We also have an amazing website, so visit us at projectdoinggood.com where you can hear all about the latest projects we're supporting.